This is Making Movies is Hard, the podcast where we talk about the struggles of independent filmmakers. I'm Oleg Russell, and with me is Timothy Plain. Hello. And today, how are you doing today, Timothy? I'm doing good. What was I going to talk about? Oh, yeah. Um, I've recently been just kind of like figuring out what's my next step to get towards being a director. Well, you already are a director, so. Well, okay. <laughs> what's my next step in being a paid director? Oh, yes. This is this is a whole topic for another episode, actually. Like, would you consider me an amateur director or a professional director? I would consider you an independent uh, director, <laughs> an indie film director. Is it indi- isn't independent kind of just really? It means amateur for well, a lot of for a lot of people. Maybe I, not everyone. It's hard to call you, ourselves professional directors because. Um, you know, we don't really get, we don't get paid for it. And I think that's a lot of people's definition of what a professional is. Um, yeah, I think so too. But I think you can be a professional without getting paid also. Yeah. I mean, we definitely conduct ourselves as professionals, you know, when it comes to our directing, I think. Although like I'm doing castings right now for this, this web series and I'm doing some auditions in my apartment, which I think some people would say isn't very professional but uh (laughs) i don't have any other option i can't afford to rent out a room for it you know and i have a nice space so i figure what the heck you know might as well just do it here at the level we're at you just have to make it work however you can yeah do you have any um stories about working with actors in the last week since this episode's all about actors yeah i've been uh doing a lot of casting uh for this web series that i'm working on and uh we're sort of you know, we're doing callbacks today, actually, um, which is exciting. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just, you know, we did two sets of auditions uh, on two different days, and we we had, you know, a lot of really good people. Um, it, it can be frustrating because, like, sometimes, you know, you go through all the trouble of, like, you know, looking through hundreds of actors trying to find, like, the, the 10 or 20 that you want to come in and read for you. And then you pick those people and then like, you know, five of them don't show up, you know, and maybe out of the five, like two or three actually tell you they're not going to show up or, or not even that, but then they, after they don't show up, they apologize. But then some, you don't ever hear from again <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> yeah. well, what the heck? Like, I mean, we went, it's like we, we, we talked on the phone or we emailed and, and multiple emails I sent you all that you said you were going to be there and then you don't show up it's like uh, it just can be really struggle like a big struggle um so like you're trying to find the best person it's some it feels like you can't find the best person if people just aren't even showing up right and, coming and, and then a part of it's like well you know do you even want to work with somebody who doesn't show up to an audition and I guess the answer is no but like maybe that person's really really good and then you'll but you'll never know now because they didn't show up and I don't really feel like I want to chase after them and call them back and be like hey i really still want you to audition or whatever but um how are you how are you casting what's your process look like um well so right now i mean the first thing i do is i try to think of actors i've worked with before who i think will be good for the role you know um and if if none of the people i know have worked with fit in my brain for the for the role then i will go out and um you know just search through facebook or search through um, you know, like other movies I've seen by other local filmmakers that I really liked and see if there's anybody in those that I really want to go for. So I like try to go through all like my personal connections and like sort of things I've seen first 
And then if that doesn't work, then there's uh, a service called SF Casting uh, that you can use where it's like, I think it's, it's free to sign up for directors. Um, and you can post your projects on there and then you'll get like a bunch of submissions back from a bunch of local actors who want to, uh, you know, audition for the role. And then when you have that a hundred people or so you or more, you like look through all those people and then you like, you know, select the people you want to call them for auditions. And then you like either call them or email them and see if they'll, uh, if they're interested in coming in and, uh, auditioning for the role. So for you, this, Okay. Sorry, I'm just going to ask for some clarification sure. on, on your process. So from the people that you've reached out to that you either have seen in other films or know and these headshots that you received, are you seeing any tape of people or at this point it's just kind of resumes and headshots? Sometimes they have reels online, so sometimes I'll watch those. But uh, uh-huh. I mean, I will always watch those if they exist, but um, a lot of time they don't exist or they're they're very small, you know, and so it's kind of hard to tell from people's reels sometimes because they're not usually fleshed out because they're just they're just starting a lot of the time, especially on SF casting, um, which I think is okay. Like you know, I don't necessarily need somebody who's been in a million things. Like if you've got the the, the chops or the talent, you know, I I want to work with you. You know, uh, but but yeah. So some I'm watching tape and some I'm not. And then so you're calling these people in, and is you're having them read a scene from the script yeah yeah i i pick pick sides you know um and then uh do you have any idea why they call them sides uh no i have no idea i know that's what they're called when you pull some something out of the script for actors to read in an audition that's called the side but i never understood why it's called the side i I don't have an answer (laughs) okay that's all right just curious so Yeah, yeah i've i've kind of done similar things that you're talking about it's like you can either like work with a casting director who kind of does all this work for you. That'll pull like the people that they know from other projects, which is much nicer. Uh, Yeah. Actors from the community, they'll pull them in. They'll do an audition using the side that you provided and then post up a bunch of videos for you to look through. And then you pick from those videos who you want to see in a callback. And the callback is where the director's in the room and directing the actors to see how flexible they are. And if there's a good energy, um, and then you, if you're if you have no money for a casting director, then kind of doing all Rick's doing, doing all the casting director work yourself. And then are you gonna call actors in and shoot them yourself? Are you gonna be in the room with them? Yeah, and, yeah. During casting. So I already did that. Like I already auditioned everybody. Oh, okay. In person, and I, you know, I had somebody read with them on some cases, but then for a couple of them, I was by myself with my camera, so I had to read with them myself. Um, oh, that's tough. Yeah, it's it is. But but, I guess that's what the tape is for. So yeah, you can watch it again. Yeah, but uh, and now. So, are you considering this first that first round that you just did a an audition or a callback? An audition. So, are you gonna do callbacks after? We, yeah, we're doing callbacks. You know, uh, today, and uh, we're, what we're doing for that is, I don't think I'm actually gonna shoot them. I think I'm just gonna uh, have the uh, we're gonna have the other actor who's already cast in the role be there, and they're gonna read with him. And then I'm just going to watch both of them and direct them and just see what, see what happens and see who we like, you know? Um, I guess I could probably just put a camera on the, on the one actor just, just in case, but I don't know. I kind of feel like it's more about what I see in them and I don't really want to be worrying about operating camera. I'd rather just be able to watch the audition, you know, and just see how it unfolds. I think that 
I I think tapes are nice so you can revisit things, but I feel like I have better luck if I just trust my instincts in the room and and just kind of watching without the point of view of the camera. Yeah, I I'm I'm really glad that I have all the auditions that I have on tape cuz I'm going to put them in up on uh, to a database and this is a web series so we're going to be shooting on going so I'm going to go back to these tapes to cast other roles for later, you know. So a lot of the people that we had, they were really good, so I just, you know, want to keep them around and they're not necessarily right for the role that we that we were casting for, but they'll definitely be right for something, you know. Um, How many actors did you see in on this round for in your casting for this project per role? Uh, well, only casting one major role and uh, okay. about twenty-two. Oh wow, that's a lot. Yeah, the the casting director I worked with on Spirit Machine said something like, um, "For feature films, for most people, only need to see like five actors per part." Mm. But like in commercials, we see hundreds. Wow, that's interesting. I think for when I was casting for Spirit Machine, I, I saw probably yeah like twenty or thirty people per role, mm. and then I called in maybe ten. Wow, interesting. And, and worked with them, and and then during callbacks, I try to pair the actors together that I think are going to work best together, so I can see them as a team. Because I, I think the way that I use callbacks is to try to get as close to the movie as I possibly can uh, in terms of like seeing those people together. And then what I'm looking for in callbacks is less of the performance that I want out of the actor in the end, but I just want to see their flexibility. Like how well do they take direction? If I ask them to play it completely opposite from what it, how it's scripted, can they do that? Mm -hmm. Can they bring like a fresh perspective to it? Um, it's That's really just idea. kind of testing their act, acting chops. So I'll always tell actors when they come in for callbacks, like you're here because I, I know that you're a good actor. Like, don't worry about doing it right or doing it wrong. Like it's, that's what, that's not what this callback is for. The callback is just to see what it's like working with you and how you take direction. So just do what feels right to you. Like there's no right or wrong way to do this. I'm not looking for anything in particular. And I was told from several actors that that gave them the freedom to try things out and take risks that they normally might have not tried. Because I think actors come in thinking that the people in the room want to see a specific performance. And when it comes to commercial production, that's usually the case. We want to see the performance in the room that we we're going to see in the, the final piece. But I think for film it's much more of a collaborative process with actors that I want to make sure that the actors can take direction on the fly and really own it and live in that moment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, what I, what I do that in auditions too, is I just, I kind of look to see if, uh, you know, I'll like have them do the sides once and then I'll, you know, give them direction and have them do it again. And like, basically looking for people who can show some sort of change in their performance, you know, and like based off the direction I gave them. And so, you know, that's one of the main things I look for there. And then I guess the callbacks, I don't know. Like, I don't even remember if I've ever really, I did callbacks once. I think on my last thing, I had another actress come in and I, for that one, I was like looking for something very specific. So I actually gave her a different um, part of the script to read. 
you know, and I gave her a little bit more backstory on who her character was, and that completely changed her performance, you know, which was really helpful. Um, but for this, what I'm really looking for, I mean, the way I was going to approach it, and maybe I'll do it differently after talking with you about it, it was like just seeing how the actors interact, see how they play off each other, you know, and like what their chemistry is like. And then I was going to just throw them some improv and see like how they could react to it in character and sort of, you know, just see how it goes, you know, um, and, uh, and just see what each actor brings to it, you know, and, and not tell them what it's going to be beforehand, but just throw it at them on the spot, you know, and I think I, I have an already, I have an idea of what I'm going to ask for the improv, you know, and just sort of see what, what that, what that is. And then, yeah, I mean, I think seeing what they, how they take direction, but then just seeing how it is to work with them and how it is to have a conversation with them and what their attitude is. I think that's a huge thing I look for. And it can be really hard because especially when you're working on a really low budget and you're in the in initial stages, like just in auditions and doing callbacks, you can already see actors getting, um, you know, they want to make sure they're not wasting their time and they want to make sure that it's going to be a good, you know, uh, project so it's like they're almost interviewing you as the director and the filmmaker as you're interviewing them because they've been burned in the past and they've spent time on a project that didn't end up being worth their time and you know either got paid very little or nothing for it and they just want to make sure they're not wasting their time and so I'm already having like these little back and forth with some of the actors at like revolving around scheduling or revolving around uh, compensation even before I just I picked them for the role and, and it's <laughs> yeah. it's really challenging because it's like I just want you to be really really good and I really really want to cast you and that goes for everybody basically like I want everyone to be really good and I want to cast everybody but I, I need to obviously only cast one and the right person but if you're already you know it just can be hard when there's already friction before we even mm -hmm. cast you you know but but I can't let that you know like dictate how I'm going to approach them because I don't want to just oh I have problems like with this person scheduling or this person asked for a is there anybody you can put in between you and the actors to kind of play defense and all that stuff so it doesn't taint your image of who they are not right now because I don't have a producer I mean I have a producer okay. but she's unavailable really um, and so sometimes it helps I think as a director to be protected by some of that stuff because the, the unfun part about making a movie is kind of like the business side of things right? and like negotiating rates and negotiating schedule. And as a director, if you get that stuff in your head, I think it, um, it'll influence your decisions. And if you can put somebody in between you and that, then you can just look at it as just a creative from the creative side of things. And I think, that's the best place to be in as a director is if you can look at everything from a purely creative standpoint and let other people tell you what the realities are. Cause if you put all the limitations up in your head ahead of time, then I think sometimes you're not going to reach the full potential of what you can achieve because you're going to already be telling yourself, no, you're like turning on that inner critic. Yeah. 
I, I see that. I, I also kind of feel like it's it's useful to have these conversations with actors now because you're you're getting to know their personalities <laughs> early. Yeah. And even if like someone's being difficult, and, and and it's not even really fair to say they're being difficult because they're just protecting themselves. And I, and I completely understand. Yeah. But it's 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 that's what I'm was talking about earlier. It's just like it's really hard to see it from their point of view sometimes because you're just trying to get this done and, and you believe in the project and you know it's going to be good and, and you know more about it than they do obviously like way more so it's and it's, you just have to remember it's hard for them to know what they're getting themselves into uh-huh. you know it's really hard for them to just trust the project the way you do with the, without having spent the time right. and the I think energy to it that applies to pretty much anyone coming into a project that you've been working on for a while is there's uh, always like coming up to speed time that needs to happen for everyone who to see what you see that just because you it's in your head and it's written on the page doesn't mean that everyone who's going to come in sees it that immediately and so you have to start painting the picture so i think how, how do you i don't know how see how do i when actors come in how do i kind of set the stage for what we're trying to do cuz i think that's the most important thing is like making sure the actors know what you're trying to achieve and mm-hmm. i think callbacks are a good time to to kind of set because usually that's the first time you're in the room with an actor so you're usually setting some expectations but i'm very careful when an actor first comes into the room not to put too much stuff on them i just want to kind of see them raw i want to see what mm-hmm. they've what they prepared how they see it because the other part of filmmaking is to be open to other points of view oh yeah absolutely. and if you're like that that's one thing that i love about casting is like seeing an actor come in and give you a different point of view on the material than you've already prepared and that's exciting sometimes they'll come up with stuff that is way better and so um I always allow for that at the beginning of callbacks and say, like, this is what we're going for, but I don't want to give you too much right now. Let me just see what you prepared and then we'll adjust it from there. Um, so I'll let the actors come in raw and just kind of give me their take. And then I'll like pull stuff out of it that I think is interesting. Uh, and I'll say, yeah, that was awesome. I like, I like that choice you made there. Let's try this now. A lot of times when I'm looking at actors, I'll, I'll kind of have a sense for what they might be good at. And so the first round of direction might be kind of pushing them in the direction. I think that they might be the strongest and seeing how that plays out. And then I'll push them in like the total opposite direction. I like to play opposites and just see what comes out of it. I think so much of callbacks for me is exploring the material and seeing what works and what doesn't work and trying a bunch of ideas out. um, So that way I can get, a bunch of stuff done before I even head into rehearsals or the show. Yeah, I think that's a really good a good way of doing it. And I, I haven't really been doing that as much, like giving opposites or like just letting them do do a do a take that's like completely different than the other take, you know, and just going in a completely different direction. And I think that would be fun because like that you could really see their range if you do that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, and how fast that they can come up with it. Because you have to understand that actors go through the same amount of preparation that anybody else does. And what you're going to get in a callback is not indicative of like a final performance there. They may put a little bit of time into the sides to, to get them ready. And then when you give them direction, they may come, be able to come up with some stuff on the fly. That's interesting. But once they're hired, they're going to put time into that script and into the prep and like really building their characters. So you can't, can't really judge 
them as an actor and a callback like from the standpoint of what am I going to get on the other side of this? It's more of like how flexible are they? Like what what will happen is if you start directing actors to like play complete opposites is that if they do it the same way, like every single time, you'll realize that with that actor, you're only going to get that one thing. And that could be totally fine for a role if you already have defined it and know what you want. But for other roles, like sometimes you you need to swing in, in, in different directions to really make it work, like especially orchestrating different actors together and, and making like a complete whole piece out of it. Because I've done a few movies at this point now where I've had kind of a extreme of emotions where you go from like one side to the other so make sure that if there's like a crying scene in your movie that's like super key to it working and you need the actor to cry that you figure out if they can get there and it doesn't have to be like a perfect performance but just make sure that they can do it and so and make sure you like build the side that gets them to that place so in Spirit Machine, there's a pretty big climax where the 16-year-old I cast had to get to a really an emotional place. And it's hard because I have 20 minutes to tell that story, but in, in callbacks, I only wanted like a few pages for the actors. So I had to kind of figure out a device to get the actress to that place in kind of a, in a, a believable way for them. Like they, they, they could internalize it and get there. So I kind of built a, a new scene that had both aspects of that character and and really judged whether or not they could get to the the emotional place they needed them to. Interesting. Yeah, what I've done in the past is, uh, you know, I have the the main sides. It's like the meat of the character, and because I also have my movies, there's crying and climaxes for <laughs> in both of yeah. them. You know, uh, but uh, yeah, and then I had them just do that do that scene you know and i would kind of give it to them cold just to see what they could do you know and uh a lot of people were able to to get there and, and like some actually cried uh, on in mm -hmm. the audition and it was really really impressive your job as a director is to help them get there so i wouldn't discount somebody just because they couldn't get there on their own i oh, would yeah. work i would work with them and like let's say like i've done i did this in the callbacks for spear machines, like pull one of the, the girls into the hall and like talk to them and be like, is there something going on in your life that like we could pull from like, uh, this is where I need you to be. And like, kind of like get them into the mindset. So that way they can hopefully get to the place that you're trying to get them to. And you know, that's, that's the main goal of a director anyways. And if you can do it in the room with them during callbacks, then you know, you can do it with them when you get to set. So I wouldn't I wouldn't put all the responsibility on an actor to like show me what you got, and and then all right you don't have it next <laughs> like, put some of the responsibility on yourself to see like how much trust can I gain from this person in five minutes and can I get them to where they need to be and and you know it's, it's part of that working relationship too yeah definitely I mean I think I think there is something to be said to like just see what they can do given given like you know a situation. You know, but I think it is fair to like, yeah, if you really, if you're looking for crying specifically, you know, then like, yeah, help them get there if you can. But for me, it's more like, I want to see how they react to it. Right. Like, so I don't necessarily, it's not like I'm saying like, you need to cry, you need to walk in the room, see this thing and then cry. It's more like, 
you need to walk into the room, see what's happening, and I want to see how you react to it as the character. Mm-hmm. You know, and whether it's crying, yelling, dead silence, whatever they bring to it, I want to see what that is because I'm just curious, you know. And I think at callbacks, if there was, if, if, I mean, no matter what I see, like there's no, and there's no wrong answer, right? Like it's not like they can do something that doesn't work. It's just like you're just trying to see what they can come up with on the fly, you know? Um, and it's just use I just use it as a part of like how I cast them, um, but yeah, obviously you want to give I them. I think as what much you're talking you about is, is called being in the moment, right? Yeah, that I think if you've read acting books, you'll kind of hear that. Um, that's kind of what I'm looking for too. Is like, is the person, is the actor that's up there in front of you, giving you a canned response, or are they? responding in the moment are they mm. listening to the other actor and like giving something back right like if the other actor is giving them a, a different reading of the line are they reacting to that reading rather than the reading they've rehearsed a hundred times yeah so i think a really good actor is one that responds honestly and truthfully to what's being given to them so yeah in the case of like i need this 16 year old girl to cry Sometimes it might not even be about the girl. It might be the actor that they're working with. And you pull that actor to the side and say, look, this is what I need to make her cry. So can you do this, this, and this and try to get her there? Right. And right. it's about the other acting, giving give her, giving something to the, the actress so that way she feels something. Because I feel like acting is about emotions. And it's about making people live so much in the moment that they're like reacting and feeling things that are honest and truthful. And I'm also doing that as a director. I'm sitting on the side and I'm trying to give 100% of my attention to the actors and seeing how they make me feel. Yeah. Like I want to feel something. It's like it's not a technical like checklist of what I want. It's more about if they're in the moment and they're feeling stuff, then I'm probably going to feel stuff too. And if it's engaging to me as an audience member, that's the most important thing. Just seeing what they can, what they can come up with. That's real, you know, like, like real feeling. And that's, and that's why I really want, I like when actors bring their own personal character to the role because it just feels more real, you know? So like, I don't really necessarily mind if they miss the lines or if whatever, but if they do miss a line, it's way nicer when they stay in character rather than like, you know, restarting or whatever, like whatever they can do to like, just be in the character and be in the moment and be real. I think that's really what I like to see a lot of, you know, and if you uh, listen to actors talk about any of the great director, like acting directors, like let's say Woody Allen or Clint Eastwood, they always kind of say that they don't give a lot of direction. They give direction, but it's very small adjustment. So I think you can definitely over direct actors and i i would say anybody who's just starting out and kind of doing casting and callbacks and even like rehearsals and and directing is just try to give a minimal amount of direction because you can definitely over direct people to the point where they become bad actors because they have too much stuff in their head yeah it's like they say a lot of uh good directing is just casting you know and oh yeah that's a huge part of it and so i think trying to pick the right person is really, really what's important. And I like doing a lot of work beforehand as much as possible to like sort of make sure that we're both on the same page of where the character is, you know, and that we both are feeling the the character in the same sort of direction. 
Um, and then I like to get all the actors together and do a read through the day before, I think is really, I did that only got to do that once, but it was really, really good to just have that moment. Cause we changed lines, we changed the script around and we really found a lot of the character in that, that final read through. And then, you know, the next day when we did the, the, the first uh, day of shooting, it's like, I didn't really have to say as much because they already knew where they needed to be. And then it was just like small corrections, things that had happened in the moment. Like, you know, I think what happens sometimes is, you know, actors will, like if one actor is like really, really, like the character is really upset, you know, and the other character is supposed to be like calm and like reserved. I've seen it before where the other actor's energy brings the other actor, character's energy or actor's energy to the same level. Mm Mm-hmm. And they just keep on going up together because it's like this, like this thing that happens. It's very human, <laughs> and it's I think it's very uh, natural, you know, to 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 join to for people's to energy. Match energy levels. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I was looking for specifically like one character to be super distraught and upset, and the other character to, to like be kind of calm and like right, nonchalant. You wanted that contrast. So like making that adjustment was like a big one, you know. And I think we kind of got there. Um, but yeah, it's just really hard. And I think the thing that I try to always remember is that actors are bearing their souls generally when they're uh, acting, you know, and they're, they're giving so much of themselves to, to everyone around them, to the whole crew, to the camera, to, to me, the director. They're in a really vulnerable place. Oh, absolutely. And so even, you have to always, uh, yeah, imagine, like, just imagine your most vulnerable self, and that's, like, how an actor feels every single time the camera's rolling. Yeah, whether it's a dramatic scene or not, like, they're mm-hmm. giving me themselves. Yeah. And so I just try to always respect that, you know, and really, like, like care about what they're caring about. And if they need anything, make sure it happens. And, you know, even if it sounds like a small thing to me, like realize it's probably a big thing to them and that we need to just make it happen for them, you know? Um, and I just, I just like to be aware of their feelings and what, what they're going through because, you know, acting is, is very, very hard. No matter what anyone says, acting is incredibly challenging. And there's some people who are naturals at it and then just do it, you know, but even for the naturals, it's, it's a very exhausting and tough thing to do. So I just try to be very respectful of actors and, make sure that I'm not pushing them too hard, you know, and not like over asking from them on set, you know, and like making sure that, you know, they're, they're ready to do one more take and that that they don't need a minute, you know, or that if they're doing something that's even slightly physical, that they're okay. And that they're not, you know, hurting themselves doing it over and over again or whatever. Yeah. My advice to directors that don't know how to work with actors is don't treat them like props. They're not something that you can control. It's not a light. It's not a camera. It's not a prop. Like an actor is the person and you have to be open to seeing things in a different way because I know when you read a script, you hear a line read a certain way, you see it acted a certain way, and you have to let go of that because if you try to control a performance, it's going to come across as a really bad performance. You have to just let them find the reality in it, however that reality comes to truth. And you can, I think as a director, what I'm always trying to do is get them closer to those line reads that I hear in my head. But if they can't get there, I have to understand like 
that's just the reality of it. And I have to just, then I have to just focus on how do I make it the most real it can be. Yeah. And, and, and I think being opening open to the alternate version of the line read, I think is important. And even alternate lines too. Like there was a line in strange thing that I, I just hated. I thought was terrible, but both the actors really liked it. And so we shot it and now it's the line that everyone laughs at in the movie. It's like the favorite line. And I was like, so dead against it, you know? Um, but I just trusted them. I, I shot it that way. And I think, I think I might've had them do an alt take without that line just in case, but you know, that line ended up being the winner, you know, and I, I was completely, completely against it. So I think just and guess just, whose name it says as written by. Yeah. Right. My name. Right. And, <laughs> and every line that's in the movie, it gets that credit. So even if it's not your idea, just remember it becomes your idea at the end. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I just try to really trust my actors and, uh, you know, I think in the end, if they do want to try a different line or if they do see it in a different way, like taking the time to do one more take with an alternate line, like even if you think you will never, ever, ever use it, but the actors want to do it, I think it's always worth this doing it because they're going to feel way better about the whole thing if, if you let them have that freedom, you know, and then they're going to trust you so much more and be willing to go so much farther for you later on if you just give them, you know, there the, that you know that one line or that one read or I want to do one more take for for talent because of whatever whatever but you already see that you've got it as long as it's not going to kill you just do it just 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 let them do it you know because maybe they're right maybe there is something there that's going to come up that's going to be so much better and if not the, it's like you're building their trust you know and yeah and, I think you have to be careful not to give too much power over to the actors and like running the show though. Like, I think this is what I, this is how I feel. And I I think most actors kind of respect the, the director actor relationship. I think there'll be some actors that try to steamroll you and like Mm -hmm. take control over the production and, and want to do like do takes until they're ready. But I think most actors are looking for a director to tell them when they've done it. Yeah. Like I think an actor is because they're so vulnerable and they need to turn off that internal critic. The The best place they can be in is not judging their own performance. And you are there to tell them when they've hit it. Like you've, you've hit your mark. You've gotten what we need to do to tell the story. We can move on. And so an actor needs to feel comfortable that you know what you're looking for and that they can trust you to move on when the time comes. If you leave it all in the actor's hands and be like, how did you feel about that? You feel like we can move on? Then I think you're going to lose some, lose some of their confidence. And then it could be kind of a runaway train where oh. the actors are, get so lost in trying to, to get the, to, self-criticize their own performance that you're in trouble. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm not saying that you need to, you want to ask your actors if they felt they like they got it or anything. Cause you, you, you need, I think, I think like we talked about this before, it's like having the confidence, uh, as a director and having like being sure of what you want and, and making sure that you're getting what you want is like so freaking important. Like from the very first moment on set, the very first setup, because if you for a minute show that you're unsure or that you don't know what you want, uh, suddenly the whole thing is going to fall apart. And I think that's where like actors steamrolling you or a DP steamrolling you or whatever, that's where that can happen. But I think if you come in confident, prepared, like you know what you want to get and you go right after it, like that's that's just not going to happen. And I think 
you know, what I was saying is, is, is not necessarily saying, oh, like, are you ready? It's more like if they say, like, you know what, that one didn't feel right. Um, I know you like it, but can I get one more? It's just yeah, like, sometimes you'll say, like, great, that was it. Let's move on. And the actor will be like, actually, can we do one more? Because I feel like I can do it better. Then just turn around and be like, yeah, let's do one more. Yeah. Where it'll take, like, three minutes. What, what, what do you think about um, – having actors watch uh you know check the gate or watch uh watch playback on any takes yeah what are your ta- what's your take i think most actors know if that's a good idea or not so i trust actors to make that decision for themselves my gut is to that's probably not a good idea like i think because i think good acting is is you shouldn't be self aware and I think it's really easy to become self-aware when you're watching yourself on screen, like acting. And I think you need to save I, you need to save that for the screening if you're going to do it at all. I know some actors don't even watch their movies, period. So <laughs> I think I think most actors kind of know if they're like super green and you get the sense that they don't know. Um, like on Spirit Machine, I was working with a first-time actress who's a 16-year-old, and I did have to give her a lot of advice. She was pretty sure of herself, but there were times when, you know, just be like, here's... Because I think she asked to see her um, her callback. And I was like, well, you know, I'll be happy to send it to you if you really want to see it, but here's my fear. And I told her, like, this, you'll see it. You'll, you'll find out what it what the reality of it was rather than how you experienced it in your head and if it's bad that could ruin your confidence and you might start like criticizing yourself and i don't want that to happen because mm, right now you feel good about it yeah so, i think you just have to be honest and and just you can't you can't control people so you just have to tell them like here's what i think do what you want you're human but here's my opinion on it. I so I I didn't really know how to handle this in the beginning because uh, I think everyone says like you sh- you're not supposed to show your actors uh, the their takes you know the playback because it, it causes problems and I've seen other directors on set like stopping actors from watching it and I've seen other actor directors let the actors watch you know um, but I think for me it's like I, I want to know why you want to see it. Like what? Yeah, like, I think like, that's a good question. Like, why? Why is it important for you to see this take? Like, is it just because you want to see something in what we've been doing all day, or is there something specific about that take that you didn't, that you're unsure about? You know? Yeah. And I think, I think depending on the time, like if 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 we've got time and we're moving to another setup and there's it's not holding up production, you know, I'll, I'll play playback for an actor every once in a I, while. I would never know? play a take back for an actor unless I wanted to see it. Like if they're just looking over my shoulder at something that I asked for or somebody else asked for, that's fine. But I would never play a take back just because an actor asked to see it. Never? Never. No way. Not as something where like you wanted to have a conversation with them about what they were doing. And Let's see. An actor has not asked me to play anything back, but I... I would be really defensive if an actor wanted to see playback on. You never had an actor ask you if they want to see playback before. Not that I can think of. Why would an actor want to see playback? That well, makes no sense. I think they're excited because you know we're making I mean, a movie. You're and... already you're already usually playing stuff back at some point, right? 
And then if actor wants to come like look over your shoulder or something that's playing back, that makes sense. Like I wouldn't stop them. But if they asked for playback and we had to like stop to play something back so an actor could see, it's just that's weird. Yeah, I've never had. I've yeah. I guess usually what's happened is it's like, yeah, they they asked to see. Like we're watching playback and they asked to see, and then yeah, I say that's okay, fine. that's fine. But I would feel really uncomfortable to play something back, kind of with them in charge of it. Because then at the, that point, it becomes evaluating the acting rather than them really seeing anything. And like uh, it's too much of a danger. I think the, the biggest danger you have with actors is them becoming self-aware. And you don't want that happening like in the middle of a shoot. Mm, that's interesting. And, and it just sounds like so unprofessional, to be honest. Like an actor asking to see playback sounds really unprofessional. Because if they're that means that they just have never been on a movie set and that they they want to see something means that they're like they're so excited to be in a movie that they've never done it before. And I think you need to just put yourself in the shoes of somebody who's made a bunch of movies and act that way. Like, do you think Johnny Depp is like going up to Tim Burton being like, can I see that? Can I see that take? Well, part of the reason why I wanted to talk about it was because I just listened to an interview with Kevin Bacon and Mm -hmm. he was talking about this specifically and how he's always wanted to watch um, footage of himself. And he started doing it. I think Footloose was the first time he asked to see his own performance and he freaked out the whole, the director and everything. (laughs) And they were all like, what the hell? Why would you want to see it? You know? And then now it's like after that, he started getting it into his contract that he was allowed to watch dailies because he wanted to see his performance every day. So he could, but dailies is a different thing than playback. Okay. Well, I I think actors are always invited to sit in dailies, right? Are they? I think so. Why wouldn't they be? I don't know because I think I think it's the same thing. I think it's the same idea that like you you know you're not yeah, playback to me means that you're like in the middle of a shoot and there's because you're in the moment and you're trying to get stuff done and mm-hmm. playback is kind of like you're just watching things to make sure right. you have what you need. Right. And there's no time for um like smart thinking at the point that you're in a shoot when you're watching dailies, like you're it's the the end of the day, you have time to think there's going to be like a 10 hour turnaround before the shoot happens tomorrow. There's like time to think and evaluate and, and talk about it. Whereas like playback to me is like, is that like on the fly thing that's happening in the middle of the day? I I, I should, uh, I should re-listen to that and see if he was talking about playback or dailies. Cause I think he might've been talking about loose. It's probably dailies. I don't think they would have playback in those days. Yeah. They probably didn't have video playback. Maybe they did. A lot, a lot of times they had video playback, you know, even for film days cause they'd have a little video camera on Mm -hmm. the side, you know, or a little video monitor or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, it's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's good. I think it's good to just have a conversation with your actor. And I think your question of why is a great one. I think if it comes from a real honest place, that's great. If you have any suspicion that it could freak them out and they could spiral into uh, a cycle of self doubt, then just be wary. I did see it one time on a set where um, they let an actress watch playback. And mm-hmm. it visibly changed her performance on the next yeah, day. And imagine. so I think that was the first time where I was sort of like really nervous about it. Um, but now I feel like, you know, if we're all watching playback, I, I, I don't feel comfortable telling my actor that like if like the if the gaffer, or the grip, if we're all watching it together 
and the actor wants to come see, I think as long as it doesn't doesn't become a habit, I don't I don't think it's a problem. Yeah, I agree with you. And my sense of it is the actors that are the most professional, like I just don't feel like are looking at playback. Yeah. It seems to me like the people that I've kind of noticed that would be interested are the people that have never done it before and just kind of want to see something and and like are just like excited about being like on a set. I want to go back to something you said about uh, casting being a big part of good directing. And I and I totally agree with that. I think putting the right person into the right role and making sure you choose the right people that the, the best actors for the job is really important. One thing I think a lot of younger filmmakers do is cast based on look rather than acting ability. And I'm kind of curious to know, like, where do you stand on, like, casting people that look the part? Yeah, so basically in casting this, like, you know, I know that the SF casting pool is, uh, it's it's pretty large, but they're, they're mostly inexperienced people, you know, for the most part, or people who um, haven't really been on a lot of, bigger projects you know and so i'm not necessarily expecting people to have like the most experience in the world or to have been acting for a long time although a lot of them have been acting for a long time and are very talented uh and then some are very talented and are new but what i was looking for and what i kind of like brought people in based on was look like i was just looking for people because the character i'm casting is older and Mm -hmm. you know has like a wearied life and has worked really hard for everything that he's had, you know? So I really wanted to see people with really interesting faces with really interesting lines. Um, and so I sort of brought people based on that and experience and reels and sort of had like a big mix of different people, but I was really casting for look in a big way. And mm-hmm. then when they came in to audition, it was like, okay, you may look the part, but if you're just like you're such a sweet person and that sweetness comes out in, in every performance you do, regardless of what you're trying to do, then you're just not right for the role, no matter how good you look, you know. And I had a lot of uh, really sweet people come and read for this. And, uh, you know, some of them were able to turn off the sweetness, but some weren't. And it just radiated through every line. And it's like, well, I know the character I would cast you for you know, on a future project, but like, you just, you're just not right for this. Cause I just see, you're just too nice looking and you just, there's too much compassion coming through. I, I leave myself open to what that, what the look is for as long as I possibly can. I'm always kind of open to the character swinging uh, in a variety of ways from, from on a spectrum. And that could be like, skin color or age or Mm. character types um so that way i can call the most people in and kind of see what works like yeah but i'm trying to think like look i would always choose a better actor over the actor that looks the part absolutely i mean and when you say look it's it's interesting because i don't really mean like a specific look like as far as like I want him to have this color hair, or this color eyes, this color skin, or whatever. I want me more look like. Does this guy look like he lived that life? You know, with this no, no matter what their skin color is, no matter if they have hair or not, no matter if they wear glasses, whatever. You know, it's like I have people coming in of all different, you know, backgrounds and you know, skin colors and everything. You know, but it's more about they all have. I wouldn't say they all have a similar look, but they all have different variations on that same weathered look, 
you know? Well, here here's an example. Let's say you're casting for a police officer. Mm-hmm. Would you ever have Michael Sarah come in and read for that role? I mean, I guess it depends on the role, you know? Now let's say it's just all, all you have in your head is just like the image of a police officer. And it's like, it, it might be like more Jake Gyllenhaal, that kind of rough and tumble, you know, manly police officer. I would be of the mind, like I might, I would be interested to see somebody like Michael Sarah because you wouldn't expect him in that role just to see what that kind of person brings to it. Because if it, especially if it plays opposite of kind of what the script seems to be saying about who that person is, they might bring a totally different sensibility. So, you know, you have to be careful because you can't like try every single combination in the world. But when I'm looking through headshots, I'll be I'm kind of open to that. So if I see somebody that's like doesn't initially fit what I think, I also think. Could they be interesting? I mean, could that yeah. work? Yeah, absolutely. And I think there, there definitely can be room for people playing against type, you know, and different approaches to the character. And, and I like to see what people bring to it that's different, you know. Um, but you need to bring something that's real with that sensibility, you know, and like something that, that, can, that I feel in the character, even if it's different than what, you know, than what I saw. And some people did that, you know, and... uh and we're trying to see those people, but it's uh, it's getting, it's just it's been a challenge. Once you've chosen your actors and you're you're committed now to them, if you have the luxury of rehearsals, you'll do rehearsals. Sometimes you're just you don't, and you just have to go and shoot it. Like I'll, I'm going to talk a little bit about how I prep a script to direct, um, because I try to do as much work as I can as and and try to match the actors' level of of depth that they go into a script. So that way when they have questions for me, I can answer it smartly. So I will go through and I'll break down a script, um, kind of using a method that I learned in a, in a class in a, in the book, Judith Weston's book called directing actors. And the idea is that you divorce yourself from whatever your relationship is with the script and you dig into it and find like the facts and you look into like some different possibilities of reading the lines. So if you're the writer of the script, you have to kind of forget being a writer and what you think you know about it. And then you just go through it and you kind of like find the facts of the character, like what what evidence supports like who this character is um, and their background story. And then for each line, you come up with an action verb with how things are said because acting so much about how to make another person react just like in real life, like you're trying to get a reaction from another person and it's less about how you say a line for the effect of it, but more about how you say the line to affect somebody else. So I just go through and I'll break down the script into actions. Um, so when I talk to the actors on set, I'll have like three different verbs to the to the left of the the line. So if something comes up, I can like quickly refer to it and be like, all right, which one kind of like makes the most sense for the situation. And then I'll, I'll go talk to the actor and be like, try to be a little bit more accusing on this take. Mm. You know, just mm. keep it really simple. So you, th you pick three, three words per line or three words per like, yeah, per line. A lot of times like you'll hit, um, you'll kind of hit a block of, of dialogue that ends up being very similar kind of down the line. But yeah, try to get it as varied as possible. And then also, 
try to uh, come up with like some images or examples of things like um, kind of objectives that you want from the actor. So if accusing is not working, then maybe I would say like try to get him to confess to you or um, imagine that you think or I'll, I'll do a lot of play it as if so play it as if you know he's cheating on you, but he's not willing to say or he's not, he hasn't told you yet and you just want him to confess, you know, put an idea in their head. Like, it, but it's always like based off a of really simple direction that hopefully spans kind of like the entire scene. I think one thing that I used to do a lot more is like just give, direction on like every single line you know rather than just kind of like an overarching like try it in this way or or you or you break it down into beats like for this page you're this beat is you're accusing him uh, and then this beat on the next page is you're trying to comfort him because the accusing's not working so now you're trying to comfort him and get get it out of him through um, you know be nice Hmm. Yeah, so it's interesting. I never... A lot of breakdown that happens for me, like before I even get to set, just because my whole process is making sure that I have an idea about everything that that could potentially happen on a shoot, so that way I'm prepared for anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess for me, I've never done that before. That sounds interesting to like have a set of different verbs per line or per section to like you know, kind of prompt you onto where you want them to go based off of how you feel about the script or whatever. Um, yeah. I guess what I do, you know, everything I've directed so far I've written, so I know the, the characters really well, you know, and I know the, the story really well. Um, so I, like, try to have as many conversations as I can with the actor beforehand and just make sure, like I was saying, we're on the same page um, and that, you know, we've read through it together and that, like... I've seen them acted out with the other actors, so I kind of know what where they're going with it. Um, and then I think what I just try to do is just try to be ready for for any changes that might happen, you know, and just be willing to accept things being thrown in there that are new and like trying things different ways, but like at the same time being a hundred percent certain on what I need to tell the story. If, if the actor had any question for me that I have an immediate answer, you know, like if they're like, so what am I thinking in this, in this situation? It's like, I know what they're thinking, like, you know, and, and they should know because we've already talked about it, but um, you know, that I should be able to just go into any kind of description of, of where these characters are in their lives, you know, in the scene and what, why, this conversation is important to each person and like what they're trying to get out of each person, you know, just guide them gently, hopefully to the, to the <laughs> best scene. You yeah. Know? It's tough. It's, it's not easy because every actor is completely different too. And their needs are different. Um, sometimes I'll even ask them like, how do you want to work with me? Like what's going to be the most helpful. And I think you also have to be honest when some of the decisions aren't important like that example you just gave of like, what am I thinking? And if there really isn't a right answer to that, you can just be like, you can think whatever you want. No one's going to know. Like at th the only thing the audience is ever going to get is kind of like the intention of that performance. So 
sometimes you can they can have a completely different image in their head, but the audience doesn't know what that image is as long as it helps them get to that place. So it's just, it's like a definitely a skill that takes time to develop. And the more you work with actors, the better you're going to get at it. But I, I think if you can go through a script and just kind of break it down as best you can, so that way you can talk to an actor and help them get to that place by digging into the the imagery of it into some like simple verbs that you can give them and just steer away from like telling them like be more excited be more happy <laughs> you know like those things aren't super helpful for actors because you're asking them to create an emotion from nothing and if you can give them something tangible to work with i think it just it makes it a lot easier on them yeah and i, I like to t- i like to talk about like you know Rather than like, hey, be happy, be excited, <laughs> like more energy, <laughs> whatever, yeah. you know, it's like, you like, what are you trying to, what's your, what are you trying to do in this scene? Like, what what's are you trying objective? to get out of this person, you know, th- that you're talking to? Like, what is your, what's your intention with these words that you, you're saying, you know, and like thinking about it that way. And I think that t- that can help a lot. And then sometimes it's like, forget, forget the lines, like what do you need from this person, you know, or like, what are you trying to achieve here? And then like, just that can sometimes, you know, change Mm -hmm. the energy and get them to the place you want to be, you know? Um, Yeah. You just have to find ways to help. Cause I think what happens is actors do all the preparation and they know what they want. And then you're shooting stuff out of order and you're having like most of my job, I feel as a director is to set the actor into the scene and be like, all right, this is just what happened. This is what you've experienced. Before the scene started, you just came from here, and this is where we're at in the story. And so that, that way they can like go, okay, great. I've already done all the prep. I know exactly where I am now, and I'm ready to go. And then also just being clear, like this is what we're going to shoot. We're going to be shooting from this line to this line. Mm-hmm. That's all we're focused on right now. Yeah. Yeah, you, just setting context and then letting them do it and then making adjustments from there to get to, to the place that you need it to be. Do you always try to run through the whole scene with the actors first or do you just always just go into it and go at it with in chunks? Do you always just like, okay, we're, we're set up for this shot, we're going to do from here to here, let's go? Or do you like while the cameras are setting up, do you step aside with the actors and run through the whole scene together first? Uh, it depends what the scene is. I mean... If the scene is simply like somebody walking to a door and opening it, then I don't need to do any preparation, right? you know? Right, and right. like, I want, I kind of w- don't want an actor to act in a situation like that. But <laughs> if it's a scene that's going to, that needs some groundwork and be like, all right, um, we're coming up on like the emotional climax of the movie. Like what, what can I do to help you get there? Like, would it help for you to like listen to some music or you just need some time alone? Like, we're going to be set up on the wide shot first. So you don't have to worry about getting like um, super emotional in the first few takes. But then by the time we finish with that, I'm going to go to a close up, and we're going to need to, you're going to need to like really emote on that one, you know, just kind of like set the stage and like, and talk to an actor. Every situation is so different, but sometimes you're even just trying to figure out like how uh, it's all going to kind of work blocking wise. Like most of the time what I'm doing is I'm pulling the actors into the scene and I'm rehearsing the movements so that way the DP can see what it looks like. Yeah, I think doing that rehearsal, the blocking rehearsal, like right in the beginning is so important, you know. And 
I think running through the lines and doing the blocking rehearsal at the same time is really great if you can, you know, because it yeah. just really helps like to figure out when certain things are going to be said and at what position in the room and where the camera's going to be for this and where the camera's going to be for that. And every and I time I always tell actors during that, like, don't act. Like, I don't want any acting. I just want you to walk through the movements. And even if they're just paraphrasing the dialogue, like, all right, I stand here and I call her an asshole. And then she says, and then I pull a knife and I call him a dick. And then, you know, it's like if they're just like kind of talking it out and going through the movements, like that's better to me than acting. Because if they're acting and using up some of that emotional juice, then when the camera's rolling, I might have lost something. What I, what I like to do, and, and I haven't really had the opportunity to do this that much, is um, you know, do that walkthrough together and then you know, ask the actors, like, do you want me to work with you or do you guys want to just read it through a couple times together and then we can you know, mm-hmm. sort of do it? And like, what do you guys think? And let them decide. You know? Yeah, so like, you got to trust their process too. Like, what's, what's going to be the most useful for you at this time? And then, you know, sometimes they'll be like, no, no, let's just work. We got it. Let's just work on it. Or sometimes it's like, no, no, let's let's all do it together. And uh, different actors are different. Some people want the director there the, as much as possible. Some want to sort of just get to it just on their own with, with their partner or partners or whoever they're acting with, you know. Um, but I think all both ways are okay. I just think as long as they're preparing – and, and they're prepared and they're ready and they and they and we're all on the same page and we all know what we're getting out of the scene I think that's what's important and I think as a director it's okay for you too if like if you need to see them do it beforehand like right after blocking if you need to see them get to those places I think as long as they're comfortable with it it's okay to ask them to like do a do a rehearsal with you you know because maybe you're not maybe maybe you thought of something that you want to try that's different than what you, the previous rehearsal or I think whatever, you know, as long as everyone's comfortable with it, I think it's cool, you know, and if there's time. (laughs) It's interesting. I'm just kind of thinking about how like a directing style emerges because it is interesting how every director kind of works with actors in a different way. And I, I keep thinking of the, the Woody Allen documentary and they, show a little behind the scenes of him working with actors and it's really just him kind of he's just there for them like you can just see he's completely engrossed in watching them and he doesn't have all the answers he's he does a lot of maybes you know maybe it it might help if you found some object to interact with in the scene and then the actor is kind of like, oh, how about the the salt shaker? And he's like, well, that's that's kind of weird, don't you think? And then the actor would come up with another idea. Oh, you know, I could be over here like cutting vegetables. Yeah, that could work. That could work. Why don't we try that? So uh, Woody Allen seems like he just kind of like lets the actors have most of the control and just like nudges them and offers them suggestions and then just, is just really there and engaged with their performance so that they know that they have an audience. And, and I I feel like I do a lot of that too. It's just like, I'm just making myself open to feeling something from them. And if I'm not feeling it, then I'm kind of adjusting the actors to make sure that they're getting into that moment. If it's false and that they're just kind of going off of the lines based off of what they rehearsed, it has no impact whatsoever. And if I'm not feeling anything while I'm watching a take, like I'm between takes, I'm trying to get the actors in the headspace. And sometimes it is just as simple as just being like, you're not in it. 
I can tell you're not feeling it. Like, what can we do? Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of it, what I look for and what I want out of my actors is like whatever feels natural to them, you know, and like whatever feels like something that their character would do. Um, you know, and, and if it doesn't feel like if I wanted them to be, let's just say, chop, like, let's say I wanted one of my characters to be chopping vegetables. And then I asked my act, actor and they said that they don't feel that their character would be chopping vegetables. Yeah. And or you, be like, you have them chopping vegetables and then you're watching the take and you're like, you just tell them like, you seem kind of uncomfortable chopping vegetables. And then they'd be like, yeah, I kind of am. And be like, well, what would you do instead? Yeah, and like, why are you uncomfortable chopping vegetables? Oh, because of <laughs> yeah. this or that, you know. And sometimes it's it's because like some of the, my favorite actors I've worked with, it's like it's a character reason why they wouldn't be doing it, you know. And it's it's not necessarily a personal reason. And it's like, okay, well that's cool. Like, what would your character be doing? And then we find that thing, and then we do that, you know. Um, and it's just all I like want to do what they feel is the most natural because that's going to get the best performance. You know, if they feel uncomfortable doing something, even if I feel like that is absolutely what the character would be doing, I don't necessarily want them to be doing it because it doesn't feel right. You know, I've definitely noticed like if an actor gets like caught up on a certain line or on one of the blocking movements of just being like, you seem like you're having a hard time with this line. And then usually they'll be like, yeah, I am. I'm just like having a hard time figuring out like why I'm saying it. And then you just talk about it. But sometimes you just have to kind of point out what when you're seeing an actor struggling with something because they they might not say anything because especially if they're counting on you to kind of tell them when things are coming across as false or, or they're not working, then it's your job to kind of point it out and just being like, hey, everything else seems to be working fine except for you chopping the vegetable, it just seems really awkward. Are you okay with that? Like, oh, no, actually I'm not. I just feel like this is weird for my character to be doing at this point. I feel like I should be drinking wine instead. You're like, okay, let's try that. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to talk about like some director no-nos that you've kind of encountered in your, in your life as a director. Like what are some of the things that you absolutely shouldn't do when working with actors? Uh... Let me think about that for a second. Well, one of the things that I've kind of been struggling with myself a little bit and that I've sort of wanted to talk about was um, saying lines for actors. Like, that's one of those things that I think you're absolutely never supposed to do. But then I caught myself doing it on my last shoot, like sort of like reading the line to them, you know. Kind I feel of like if you're... If you I find yourself do doing line reads for actors to show them how it's supposed to be done, that just means you haven't done your homework yet. Mm -hmm. Like you don't know what direction to give them. And so you resort to the easiest thing to do. And I, I think it's just a bad form of direction direction because you're not an actor. Right. And it's the same thing as asking somebody to do something like with more energy or less energy. It's like it doesn't really get the actor to where they need to be. I think you need, I think if you do a line read, which is fine, um, you can say it and then say, what, what is it that would help you get there? Mm -hmm. Instead of just say it like this, mm -hmm. just say it like this doesn't give them anything to work with. Right. And it wasn't even like I was saying, like saying it just like, I would just find myself yeah. doing it by accident. And then oh, yeah. I would be like, like, oh God, like I got to not do that anymore. So then I stopped doing it. And by the end of the shoot, <laughs> I, I wasn't doing it. You know, I think by yeah. the second day, I think I had cured myself of it. But then I was on a shoot um, with a very famous actress and um, 
the actor, the director did that by accident and then he stopped doing it. And then she just like turned to him and just like, tell me how you want me to say it. Just say it how you want me to say it. Like that actually helps me just say it. And I was like, wow, I've never seen that before. And this is like a legend basically. And I was like, holy moly. Like she could have just also been frustrated because the director wasn't giving her direction that even helped. And so then she was like, cause I, I work with actors too that would say something like that. Be like, just tell me how you want me to say it. And then you would say it and then they would be like, okay, got it. And they would internalize it. They would figure out their own way to get there. Um, But yeah, it just depends on, on, and it's an actor by actor thing. I think just in general though, that rule exists because it is just a bad form of directing. It doesn't really give the actor anything to work off of. But if you're a really talented actor and you, you can kind of dissect how if you hear a line read like how somebody can get to that point then you might be able to hear a line read and and just be able to figure it out reverse engineer it yeah 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 i just i don't think it's in i just don't think it's a good idea you know and i think that you know i was just doing it unconsciously at first and then i was being very conscious of it afterward like as soon as i heard myself doing it i was like oh god what am i doing like, why am I doing this? And then I just decided that I'm I'm not ever going to do it again. And I, you know, I don't think I will. But uh, yeah, it's one of those things that I don't know. It can it can be dangerous because you're, you're not an actor most of the time if you're a director. And there's no way you're going to be able to do it as good as your actor is or the way that they actually should do it, you know? Right. You, and you might actually hurt hurt yourself by saying it out loud. By, by not being able to say it the way you hear it in your head even. Yeah, and you just and you kind of just sound silly, I think, most of the time when you do it too. <laughs> and it's just like, whatever. I, I, I mean, no one, I didn't, I don't think anyone got upset when I was doing it or anything. Like, I don't even think they felt like anything was wrong, you know, but I just was very self-conscious about it myself. And I just was like, you know what? I'm not gonna, I can't do this. This is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I would know? say like the biggest mistake was it the biggest mistake or like the you know the no 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 like not like don't big don'ts as director as a director i mean it's gonna take you some time to figure out how to work with actors and you're gonna make all probably every mistake that we're telling you not to make and that's totally fine like don't beat yourself up over it it, it takes time to get comfortable but i would say kind of the biggest no-no is over directing and that is just giving the actor so much to think about that they can't even act anymore that they're like thinking about like every single thing that you told them so i would say if you're giving an actor more than probably two maybe three things to do uh when you're when you're directing them in between takes it's probably too much yeah i think the simpler you can the more distilled you can make it the better yeah, I think simple direction is is very helpful, you know. And there's enough going on as it is on a on a set, even if it's a small set, that like you just make it direct and simple, you know. But it's really hard to do that, especially when you're starting out, because you see like so many problems, and you want to. There's like ten things that you see that you want to fix, and so the danger is you go to the actor and you like try to f- give them all ten of those directions. And probably the smarter thing to do is just do take care of one thing at a time. I think for me that the biggest no-no as a director is uh, allowing other people to give actors direction. 
Um, especially when you're starting out because when you're on a set where it's not very professional necessarily and everyone's sort of newer, uh, that can happen sometimes where somebody else besides you will try to direct the actors. And uh, I think if you let that happen, then the whole thing will fall apart really quickly. It's not just about not letting that happen. It's in the way that you diffuse that situation I think is so crucial because I've seen yeah, people... Yeah, how would you do it? Well, I've seen guys... And, and yeah, well, this one guy in particular, like yell at the person who did it in front of everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> and be like, it made a big deal. And it was just really detra- distracting and de- it detracted from the whole experience in a big way. So yeah. I think, um, you know, uh, pulling that person off to the side at some point and just like being very friendly and nice and like, you know, like I actually really need, you know, to be the one to talk to the actors about the story because you know I'm the director and that's my job and you're here for this reason and this is your job and if you have a suggestion I'd love to hear it but please just bring it to me first privately and uh, you know if you really feel like there's something that you that's important that I should be aware of and then I'll bring it to the actor you know like I think that's like the best way to do it and I think it goes for for anybody like producer DP whatever I think unless it's a, a logistical concern, like, oh, move over here, move your head this way, move your hand that way, I think the DP is more than welcome to, to talk to the actors about that or the AD or whatever. But if it's a character or a story note, I think it all needs to come through the director. And I think that's I think good, actually. I kind of like that that delineation of the technical versus like kind of the story and character yeah, side. Yeah, I do kind of rely on a DP to give the actors the very technical stuff. Like here's your mark, hit this mark. Can you like lean a little bit to the left? Can you lean a little bit to the right? I think breaking up that, those two sides of the brain and yeah. between and delineating it between like that, that's the technical part of the camera, but over here I'm the director and I'm dealing with emotions and character and story. It probably helps an actor kind of keep focus. How do you give actors direction? Do you give it to them? Um, right on, right on set. Do you like walk over to them and talk quietly to them or do you yell it from the monitor? Do you bring them off set and speak to them like, you know, out of the lights for a second? Like, do you do all of those things? Like, how do you approach it? Yeah, I approach it a a few different ways. I like going up to an actor and having like a very close conversation the most. But I will yell things out from off screen. Um, Like usually before I take, I'll kind of remind them the, the things that I just told them. Don't forget your blah 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 blah. You know, um, or even if like it's in in the middle of a take and I can't get on set, I'll just kind of maybe yell something out from off screen. And I also sometimes will separate actors from each other and give them directions separately so the other person doesn't hear because I I feel like that's very helpful, especially when you're dealing with um, with things that are happening in the moment. Is that you? the best way to get that is for the other actor not to know what to anticipate. And if they're anticipating the direction I just gave that actor, then it kind of ruins it. it it's a case by case situation. Yeah. I've, I've seen it all, you know, and I've, I think I've done it all too. And I think they're all diff, They're all fine methods. It just, it depends on what the direction is in the situation. But I think I do like keeping it between the director and the actors as much as possible because it feels more, like special and it's like I think a lot more like sometimes more 
like a special energy can grow when you're having a very like quiet, calm conversation about it, you know? Um, but yeah, it just depends on what, what's happening in the situation, you know? Um, but I like to be as close to the actors and as close to the scene as I can be. And like, you know, if, if the monitor has to be really far away, I'd rather be closer to camera and closer to the actors if possible, you know? Yeah. I, I've definitely sometimes given up looking through a monitor just to stand right next to the lens and view it, view the actors just through my eyes. And that helps because yeah, I think your goal or the reason that you're there on the shoot is for the actors. Like you've, if you've done all your prep, right, then everything else is kind of taken care of and you're really just there on set to get the performances and tell the story. So you need to be right next to your actors. And if I've had a situation where I've like been in another room and looking at a monitor and I've had actors kind of freak out and they're just like, where's the director? Cause I think the first AD was kind of relaying information. And this lady was just kind of like, I, I need to talk to Timothy. Where's Timothy? And I came out and I was like, what's going on? What's going on? She's like, I just don't, I don't, I don't know what's I don't know what I'm doing. And <laughs> like a little mini breakdown. So yeah, it's good. You just have to be there for them. And I, I agree. I like, I like being, making it intimate. And even during callbacks, I like, I hate sitting behind a table and, and barking out directions from like a, a far off space. Even if it's just like three or five feet, like I just stand up and I go stand right next to the actor. Like it doesn't take that much more energy. And I feel like it goes a long way in building trust in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think I'm not going to um, sit during this one to that tonight although they'll be sitting because that's what their characters are doing i think i might yeah. stand and just watch you know but i i definitely think i'm not going to do the camera thing because it, it, like the camera i can only watch one of the actors and i really want to be watching both of them even though we're only auditioning one i just i feel like seeing both of them act together is going to be really important to understanding if this is going to be the right person to pair with the actor i already have you know mm -hmm. um because just seeing how not only how the person who's auditioning performance is, but how the other person's performance changes from person to person. Like it's going to be like a perfect puzzle piece. Like when they both are perfect to like when each performance is really good, that's when I'll know I'll have it right. When they both interlock together. But like if one person's good and the other person isn't good, you know, then that's not helpful. Even if it's the person who I'm bringing in, who I'm trying to cast if he's like great, but then the person I've already have casted isn't as strong as he's been in other role performances. It's like, well, that's my, might not be the right person. You know, I think I've kind of hit the end of what I have to say on it. How about yeah. you? I don't know. I mean, I think there's always more to say about actors and acting and, and how to approach it. But I think, you know, this has been a really good start to the conversation and maybe we can have some more conversations about actors later on. Um, especially as we grow as filmmakers and do more projects and yeah eventually there'll be an episode called how to work with celebrities <laughs> maybe yeah i already have a little bit of experience with that although not really as a as a director as much but just like being on set with celebrities yeah. but uh but yeah i mean i think what would be interesting is like when we do get our features off the ground like to do an episode about how we're about our casting process as we're casting i think that would be really fun well and also just directing a feature is going to be different than directing a short with a short you can kind of you the rehearsals are a much shorter period of time and you can almost re rehearse the entire short in like one rehearsal day whereas like you 
it'd be really hard to rehearse an entire feature film in one day. So it does change things a lot, a lot of more moving pieces. Yeah, exactly. But you also hopefully will have a lot more time to prepare too. So hopefully that'll, that'll balance out. Um, all right, Timothy, anything you want to talk about what you uh, learned this week or anything new that you want to discuss really briefly? Nope. It's nope. all self-contained. I've already said, I've said everything. You said it all. I think this, said whole, it all. this section of the show is, is dying very slowly. <laughs> we, we, we skipped it a couple times and now we don't even have anything to say about it. Um, well, yeah. I mean, once I, once I get to this point, I'm just kind of like, ah, oh, I've, I've said so much already. It's like we've already been recording for an hour and 40 minutes. Like how much more can I say? Yeah. I think I'll just add that like, you know, I'm just learning to, to see things from the other person's perspective and, you know, when you have a project you're working on that you're passionate about, it's really easy to get lost in the project and how and what you think about it and how important it is to you. But I think you need to remember, especially when dealing with actors, that um, they have all other years of experience of working on projects that look exactly like your project and they didn't really turn out necessarily the best. So they have to be cautious when walking into every new project. So I just try trying to put myself in uh, other people's shoes. Which is kind of what I always do, but, you know, that's what I'm learning this week, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening. If you uh, want to uh, leave us a review or a comment on iTunes, uh, we're at Making Movies is Hard on iTunes. That would be fantastic. And then you can find us on Twitter at MMIH Podcast. And you can find me on Twitter at Ulrich B. And Timothy is at... Is it Tim T plane or uh, at Timothy plane at Timothy plane. And then, uh, yeah, we also have a Facebook page uh, making movies is hard. So, you know, give us a like and find us on there as well. Awesome. Another episode. Yeah. Do you have anything to plug? Do you have anything to plug this week? Timothy? Uh, or No, not right now. I think people have seen everything I have to offer for the time being. Yeah. But keep stay tuned. There'll be more coming soon. Awesome. Same here. Yeah, I've got a trailer I'm going to release really soon, so watch out for that. Nice. I have to watch that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Have a great one. All right. See ya. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.